0: Hello, I'm Matt Sharp, a partner in the tech sector team at Phil Fisher. Welcome to the Phil Fisher Automation and Wrap podcast. In this series, my colleagues from across the tech sector team speak to their clients about the world of automation and what the future holds. In this first episode, Olivier Proust, partner in our Brussels office, speaks to Nicholas Zylbergratch, the CEO of Unmanned Life. Aman Leicht is an award-winning software platform for seamless orchestration of autonomous robotics. Nicholas speaks about what it's like wearing many hats as CEO, a young, dynamic company in this space. We hope you enjoyed the podcast.
1: So Nicola, thanks very much for joining this podcast by Shiel Fisher on automation unwrapped. I'd like to start off with um, uh, a general question. You are the CEO of uh, Online Life, a company that is uh, directly involved in automation. So can you tell us a little bit about your company and what it is that you do and your role within the company?
2: Thank you, Olivier. And Unmanned uh, Life, our vision is the autonomous everything. In five years from now, you will have robots, uh, millions of robots in the air. In the ground, in the sea, and uh, our vision at Life is that we will be orchestrating all of these robots. We will be the software platform that will be orchestrating the brain that will be bringing all of these robots together. We are that software platform,
1: that, that layer that brings all that together. Excellent. That's uh, that really sounds uh, very exciting. But I, I suppose, you must be really busy. What, what is it that you enjoy about uh, your role at managing a company that is? driving so much uh, new technology? Yeah. So look, we are a software platform that
2: brings different types of robots to We're a sort of fleet of drones, fleet of robots together. we deploy in use cases in security, surveillance, reforestation, asset inspection. So imagine that the type of customers and the type of partners that we are in touch with, like AWS, Telefonica, Telus. It's huge, and so my role is to be with my uh, with our partners, to be with our customers, but also to be with the team, and also with our investors. So it's in the, the typical day that we have is is very diversified, right? And so it's very enjoyable. It's sometimes it's here at the lab that you can see in, in the whiteboard and designing and whiteboarding, that sometimes with our. Customers sometimes with our investors, so it's thinking about the future, being inside in, in at the office or being with our customers.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, these are very uh, exciting and at the same time challenging times. Uh, so going a little bit deeper on 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 the topic uh, of automation, huh? because this we're we're talking a lot and we hear a lot about artificial intelligence and and automation and and how it's going to change our lives. I think you, you touch upon a little bit about this, but can you tell us in a little bit more detail how is automation going to change our lives in the near future?
2: Yes, so let's take one use case, one precise use case. So autonomous perimeter surveillance. So take a, a factory, yeah, uh, where you uh, have today a, a control center where you have the typical CCTV cameras that we are all familiar with. And you have security guards with all the different TV ca- uh, cameras in the command center. That is limited. You have blind uh, spot areas. With orchestration of robotics, you can deploy drones that will be doing perimeter surveillance, for example. And so you are adding an additional view that is the bird eyes view. Yeah. So there, for example, you are adding additional capabilities to that security found. So you, what before was a blind spot, now you are adding additional capabilities. So that's one example. You are adding capabilities. Another example is that you are adding safety. Imagine offshore when you have, for example, in, uh, in the oil and gas industry. So you, you want to uh, protect uh, the safety of workers. Uh, you want to do inspection. That can be done by robotics so that you are protecting the, the safety of the workers. Uh, a third example can be in, in sustainability. You want to track, for example, how forests are being protected. You are doing tree planting. For example, you can use drones and robots to do harvesting and tracking how trees are growing. So these are three examples of how automation can help the future of the, of the world.
1: That's really interesting. And, and I think through these three examples, what, what you've shown is also the multitude of use cases in which automation is going to be used, right? And, and the combination with robotics makes it uh, possible to use automation in so many different types of use cases.
2: Yes, the automation is there. And that's why if you look at the market in robotics, so you have projections that are talking about a $200 billion market for service robotics by 2030. So the market is huge and there are, of course, continents that are more advanced because they are catching up. And so when you're catching up and you are building from scratch and it's a greenfield, you can say, let's say you are jumping a generation and you can invest directly into robotics. And so you have continents, Asia, that are investing heavily in robotics, so Yes, use cases are tremendous. And now you have areas like sustainability or logistics, where you see that this has been adopted? And of course, what I was referring to surveillance inspection, this has been adopted heavily.
1: Yeah, no, really interesting. So as the CEO of Online Lies, your company has existed now for already several years and is doing really well and has been growing. But I, I expect that you are also facing certain challenges at times. Can you tell us? What are some of the challenges uh, for a company like yours that is developing all these automated services?
2: Look, um, it's never done until it's done, right? So we always have uh, challenges as a, as a uh, company. Uh, so I would say that the challenges that we have, is, uh, we are constantly fundraising. So that is until you don't exit your company or... You don't find, let's say, the finals, the ultimate product market feeds for your for your product offering. And this is a constantly evolving market. Regulation is also, uh, as a second element, is still evolving. We were talking before about the AI safety and talking about GDPR. We are talking about drone regulations. So you still need to be very knowledgeable about the regulatory landscape. Access to talent is still something that you need to be aware. Of. And so you need to be very, let's say, resourceful to adapt to the different challenges. And then you need to be an entrepreneur, right? You you cannot say, okay, this is, this is not functioning and, and you need to stop. In robotics, in automation, this is something where things maybe don't work at the first time and then you need to continue you need to try again and then you need to keep calm and keep going because it will always end up by working
1: yeah i think that's a a key thing to to remember so looking more closely at the the industry or the sector for autonomous things how do you see the sector as a whole evolving in the future and if I broaden the question a little bit, we read a lot or we hear a lot about the fourth industrial revolution. Would you say that indeed we are there, that we are living this fourth industrial revolution? Or do you think that there, there are maybe some other factors that we need to be thinking about? How do you see the sector evolving in, in, in the coming years? I think that we now
2: we are seeing the sector maturing. I was given a talk a few weeks ago, to a sector that is digitizing rapidly, like the port. And I was talking about four elements that you need to transform and digitize in robotics specifically. One is the data. The second part is the connectivity. Then, of course, the robots and then to have a platform approach. And if you take all this in conjunction, you can really deploy autonomous things and draft And And that now, for example, 5G. And edge computing is arriving to be deployed at much rapid scale. Uh, and this is what you need to deploy, for example, robotics and autonomous things uh, at a much wider scale, because uh, you need to be able to control your robot in a, let's say, controllable manner, right? And for that, you need connectivity. You need the, the data that you send to your robots need to be constant. Uh, you don't have to be, to have what is you call the latency. And for that, you need 5G, for that, you need edge compute, and that is starting to be widely available. Uh, And you have the infrastructure that is becoming available. Also, with the AI revolution that we are seeing, you are starting to have capabilities uh, widely available to much more uh, companies. And the prices of uh, of the, the hardware is also starting to come down. So you have a conjunction of elements that, that brings everything much more available to the market because before, uh, let's say a ground robot that you could see in a car factory could cost 100,000. Now it can cost you less than 10,000. So suddenly it becomes much more affordable to, to deploy. So if you take this example and you multiply by all the robots that you can have, then you start understanding the, the uh, let's say, the, the, the dimension of what we are talking about.
1: Okay. And so just picking up on, on what you were saying about artificial intelligence, can you give us one or two examples of what you think are use cases of artificial intelligence that we will see arriving on the market in a year or so?
2: Yes. In terms of, in our field, yeah. The artificial intelligence, it's it's a very wide term, and this is more as as a conclusion now. I would say that in terms of intelligent that dynamic path planning, that the drones can decide based on what they see, for example. And then another example is that you can give, as an operator, command based on the natural language processing. You can create a mission to the rover orally. Say, hey, please go to this point. And then the robot will just go directly there and you don't need to create a mission on an interface. The robot will just turn on and go directly where you tell the robot to, or to go. And for that, you need a lot of artificial intelligence, natural language processing, and you need a lot to happen in the back end, right? So these are two examples of the dynamic path planning. And then the other one is the that you are able to talk to a robot and the robot follows your instruction. And I would take this as a conclusion that yes it's it seems very far away
1: but this is going to happen
2: and we shouldn't be afraid of robots they're going to be there to help
1: yeah robots are going to help us in in our uh, day-to-day tasks in in the future thanks so much nicola uh, for sharing your thoughts on this and how you see the market all this has been incredibly insightful and thank you so much for joining this podcast
2: thank you thank you very much Olivier.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Phil Fisher's Automation Unwrapped podcast. If you have any questions about today's update, don't hesitate to reach out to us. If you found it useful, do make sure to give us a like or a review on your podcast of choice. Thanks for taking the time to listen, and we'll see you next time.